So I said to Gertrude, I was like, uh, is where are all the Raiders fans? Like you see uh, there's Cowboys fans. And I said, God, I guess they're just heathens, right? They don't go to church. Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah. She goes, Oh no, they're at the Catholic church. <laughs> it's like, ah, <laughs> yep. You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> Good joke. I know. It's kind of, it's a couple different layers. I know. <laughs> I, like, I know. I like that. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I Nice. Guessing you're not just playing that to make me happy. Uh, I really, yeah, I was playing it. Really, I was thinking about you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm in a good mood, and I want you to be in one also. I am in a good mood. Nice. I was in a foul mood earlier. That uh, I haven't heard that for a while. I haven't heard that for a while. Me neither. And that's they're kind of one of my probably that gotta be one of my favorite bands. Oh, I, I meant to look up if that was one of those trifecta. I think this uh, is the second time we've played Minor Thread on this podcast. I don't think so. You don't think so? Mm-mm. Is it? I if think it, so. Really? I think so. Damn. Like, well, a long time ago. Well, if it is, it would have been that same song probably. No, I think we played Seeing Red or Screaming at a Wall. Huh. Long time ago. I remember like mixing okay. it. Or it's something. possible. Well, yeah. That, that, I found that back in the day, you know, it must have been 13, 12 or 13, and my parents played soccer. So I used to go to their soccer tournaments out of town, and I would just go to find new places to skate. And back then, anytime you went to a new place to skate, you brought your tapes with you. Mm-hmm. And if someone saw you skating, like another skater, it would run over and like, hey, let me show you all the spots. Like, you know, this is before like the X Games and all that. Right. And you'd have your pocket full of tapes, and you inevitably uh, would go back to that guy's house, and you record each other's tapes. And I had the, I had MDC and the accused and he had minor threat and I never heard minor threat. Nice. At that point, he's like, you ever heard minor threat? I was like, no. He's like, oh, he's <laughs> like, this is the band. And I remember cool. hearing it just like, I listened to that religiously. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for years, it was like, it was like one of those like pivotal, like music moments. It was like, the, it was kind of the beginnings of just that straight up. I, ne- I didn't yeah. know what straight edge was. Right. Uh, I didn't know what like, uh, like, 
I don't know, back then PC hardcore, like lyrics actually uh-huh. kind of had a point and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was, I was blown away. Once I discovered Straight Edge, which is the toughest, like angriest music you'd ever hear, especially from like the New York bands back in the 80s, yeah. like Judge and Gorilla Biscuits was, there's a whole another part, it's like called Posse Core. Mm-hmm. Just a little more uh, happy and uh, upbeat. So uh, as it is for this podcast, you'd be the Gorilla Biscuits. I'd be the judge. Right. Just like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill everybody. I'm so angry. You know, <laughs> if you drink near me, I'm going to knock your friends out. Right. Uh, Bad Brains weren't straight edge. No. Were they? No. Okay. But they were... Uh, Rastas. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they must have smoked the ganja. There was a big beef back in the day is... Um, Bad Brains toured and they stayed with, uh, have you heard of the Big Boys? Yeah. Austin band. Okay. Uh, and I think two of the guys are gay. Mm. Bad Brains refused to go into the house. They stayed out in their van because now I'm not going to stay in a house with a gay guy. Right. It was like a big, it was like a big deal back in the uh, punk rock days. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. uh, they were saying, they weren't like, they saying it was against their religion. Right. Yeah. They didn't get canceled for that. No. Well, it wasn't a thing. Uh, These days... Now, Ian McKay, or Mackay, whoever you say his last name, mm-hmm. do you remember the controversy who was the, you know, the guy in Minor Threat, mm-hmm. uh, the controversy around him? Uh, <laughs> there are several. The, 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 ra- the accusations of racism? No. Oh, about guilty of being white? Yeah. Oh, did that come back? I mean, it wasn't a thing back then, for sure. Right. Yeah. So oh, there, now, now well, it, well, it was kind of a thing. Yeah. It, there were accusations of racism. No, it hasn't come back. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, and this kind of is leading into what I wanted to talk about today, like how back then, so they, Bad Brains didn't get canceled for being, it being against their religion to sleep in the same house with a gay guy. Mm-hmm. And Ian Mackay didn't get canceled for... Guilty of being white. Yeah, complaining about how hard it written From Ian Mackay's perspective, I've heard him address this, mm-hmm. is he grew up in D.C. Yeah. He was like, which the high school he went to was like 70% black. Yeah. And he was in the minority and it yeah. was, he was talking about the struggles that he had of growing yeah. up in them, which I can, it's called context. <laughs> I can nuance fully relate to because mm-hmm. you went the, to school in Maryland, right? Yeah. Yeah. The middle school that I went to in sixth grade was majority black. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the numbers, but it, we were, you know, as a skinny, underdeveloped white kid, I was definitely (laughs) in fear for my life. Most of the chicks in that school could beat my ass like without even really trying. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, yeah, you had to be on your toes in that school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Minor threat. So go ahead off the album, minor threat by the band, minor threat. Oh, trifecta. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. That's what you meant. Yeah. I like that. Um, I had a situation, which I sent you a picture of. I was getting off work on Friday. I'm up in this hill, like mm-hmm. kind of pretty far out there. It's uh, I don't know, not rural, but, you know, it's uh, outside of town. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming around the bend, and you come across a situation that's so out of place, like it takes you like a like a half second to like, what am I looking at right here? Right. And that was a full size Dodge Cummins that had recently been on fire. <laughs> you could tell. Uh, you saw the picture. The thing mm-hmm. was just completely like burned through. I'm coming across, and that's an area where it's a fire rebuild. So at first, I thought like, are they still dragging out wreckage from the fires? Those fires were three years ago. Yeah. 
And I look, and it's my buddy Will, who trains at our gym and goes to our church. And I'm like, Will, and he's got this frazzled look on his face, and it's his truck. Uh, he's a tree guy. And um, not like his truck overheated, like it was fully engulfed in flames. Everything's melted. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a serious fire. And so I jump out. I was like, dude, what's going on? He goes, the uh, fire department just left. Um, I was driving this hill. He was towing this trailer and something, some kind of glitch. Like the truck was fully capable. There's no equipment on the trailer. He was going to get the equipment. So he wasn't like... Uh, yeah, towing something really heavy yeah, and he working I, really I, hard. Yeah, so there was something went on with the engine. Um, mm-hmm. And it, like he literally, like it burst into flames. He jumped out and the truck burned. And then, um, so first comical thing is he's in the middle of the road. We got rocks and chalked the tires. You know, he's like, you know, I don't know. I'm guessing the parking brake's not working on this <laughs> truck right now. And it's on a pretty steep incline. He left it in park, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, first kind of comical event is first a couple of people drove by. This is a very well-to-do area. Mm-hmm. Uh, read that as entitled. Uh, and people slowing down and giving us dirty looks. Yeah. One lady stops. Do you have to do that here? Yeah, one lady stops. <laughs> you can't park there. I was like, you got you. Have, <laughs> really? You have to be kidding me. And then uh, Will's on the phone. I'm having some engine trouble. Do you have any jumper cables by any chance? <laughs> Tires look a little low there, like down the hill in a puddle. And um, he's on the he's on the uh, phone trying to get a towing company. He's like, and he's. He's pretty frazzled, you know. Sure. And he goes, uh, he's like, I just, I need to, it's a small road, right? And it's kind of in the way. Like, it was hard to get around, you know. And he's like, I can't, he's like, they keep giving me, like, the runaround. And he's kind of, like, losing his cool. And he's, like, telling me, he's like, I have to get this thing. We, like, this is not, like, an inconvenience. Like, it's it's like a pile of burned wreckage clogging up a road at this point. And people are getting pissed off. And um, he's on the phone with the towing company. And then, like, I walk away and I'm looking at his truck and I'm making sure, you know, that, you know, every, all the tires were chalked and everything. I'm seeing if there's any kind of like anything else that needs to be done. And I look over and he's doing that look where he has taken the phone down. It's down by his waist. And he's looking at the sky with that look on his face. Like, I just, I, like, we just reached this next level of stupidity. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, what's going on, dude? And he just looks at me and he's just like at a loss. He goes, they just asked me if it's still on fire before they can come tow it. <laughs> and I'm trying not to laugh because he's like, can you guys come to us? Like, well, is it still on fire? And I was like, yeah, because I went like, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, well, we can't do it. Really? That's, that's unfortunate. Cause I was calling on the off chance that maybe you guys specialized in towing vehicles that were fully <laughs> engulfed in flames, but you're saying you don't. Okay. I'll try another company. <laughs> And I'm trying to turn away from him because he's like, oh my he's God. unglued at the seams at this point. I'm trying to laugh like, mm, mm, so what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Ugh. And that's just like so emblematic of the world that we live in. I know. You know, no one full can think world. for themselves. Yep. Everything, you have to check boxes and every little thing that you do. Mm. Everything's a big Fucking everything's a you know what everything is a uh, computerized answering service. Yes, right. Even the human beings. Even the human beings. Yeah, yeah. just full automatons. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't fly. I just I just can't handle the stupidity. I know. I just the um, what's there? There's a throw quote. Um, Foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of many young minds. Yeah, it's like 
subjectively, what do we does is what you're saying that always sense. gets, yeah, that quote always gets um, butchered. People always, I'm sure I just butchered it. No, well, you got it right at least in the context because people yeah. always leave out the foolish part mm-hmm. and they just say consistency is right. the hobgoblin of little minds. Yeah. It's like no, it's not just consistency. It's a foolish adherence to consistency. Right. No, we did it that way. We have to keep because doing it that way. That's what, what the boss do. said to do. That's what the, the checklist says. I have to do it. Like, <laughs> fucking idiots. Um, you remember how they... I came across a couple things. You remember how uh, they told us that the COVID shot stayed in the muscle at the injection site? Uh, the pe- when you say they, in the very beginning, the people that were putting magnets on their skin, <laughs> you know, not those people. Okay, they were kind of saying, I think there's something else going on here. And we came up with the Liberty Tree product, uh, you know, it's trying to capitalize on yeah. and never let a good crisis go to waste. Of course, uh, waste. Um, our uh, Liberty Tree Fitness Protein Shake, uh, it doesn't just stay in the muscle milk. That's right. <laughs> That's remember right. that. I do remember that. How could I forget? Well, since then. As we have covered, uh, which people seem to ignore for some reason, we have seen peer-reviewed studies that they found the spike protein ends up in almost every organ of the body. Uh, we've also seen clinical studies that it is even passed on to offspring through the oocytes and mice. And as they say, you know, as goes the mouse, so goes the human. People say that. I just said that. You were a person. Yes. So we guess. <laughs> dude, it gets... Person uh, says that. <laughs> well, what, Dude, hold on though. What about what we heard the other day on... Uh, the guy that was with Brett Weinstein down in Panama, uh, Michael, he was on Liberty Lockdown. Right. Michael something, Mike Not or sure. Chris. I don't know. Okay, go it's ahead. It's either Michael or Chris. Right. Um, that the, sorry if I'm, you know, beating you to the punch here, but that yep. the, the fucking vaccine was probably airborne and yes. everyone has been vaccinated at this point. Right. To some small degree. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a whole I fucking... Just, I, I don't know thinking, if you're going to go into that. No, I'm actually saving that for kind of down the road. Okay. I went further down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And uh, what you're referring to is, uh, what do they call it? Compulsory compulsory myo- moral bio-enhancement. That's, that's like, right. We know we've talked about before. Yeah, we know what's best for everybody and let's just do it. Yeah. Um, we'll, I also, we'll figure it out afterwards. Right. We'll just I, see if it works. I also branched off because he was talking about shedding. Yeah. He was talking about that vaccine being airborne. Uh, he was also, I think this is part of the same one, was talking about that China, he did talk about this, China didn't give themselves the shots yeah. that we got. We got no. the, ge- the genetic th- um, gene therapy. The gene therapy here. They got the Johnson & Johnson type. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they got some vaccine. Because if you got the J&J vaccine, you didn't get mRNA technology. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that much. Yeah. And, dude, how freaked out were you by that? By the way, if you're that thinking a, of going and listening to that, don't do it before you go to bed. No, it was terrifying. It I, made I texted me, you. I was like, dude, are you listening to this? Yes. I hadn't gotten to the scary parts when you said that. I was like, yeah, it's yeah, pretty the, nuts. The first but, half's, like, yeah. pretty crazy. And yes. And it just gets, like, way more crazier. and more insane. Yeah. So uh, I was legitimately a little terrified after listening to that. I was like, yeah. I was telling Jake, I was like, I, at some point, because I work by myself all day, which is lovely. But at some point, like, you start to get up in your head about some of these things. And as you're listening to this, that specific podcast, like, I had to take breaks. I took mm-hmm. my headphones out. Like, let's uh, let's reset here. Yes. Just listen to the birds. And uh, I know what you mean, life, dude. Life is good. Your yes. family's good. Because they get into the stuff, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if this was the same podcast, but he was talking about the idea that 
China not getting the same shot that we did and us getting this genetic therapy, which could prime by all metrics, at least for the stuff that we cover, it's destroying people's immune systems. Uh, everything from strokes to heart attacks to myocarditis to pericarditis, um, brain tur- fog, brain fog, turbo cancer. I mean, just all kinds of, you know, the, uh, I don't know how they refer to, they have a specific name now for the, the fatigue, mm-hmm. fades, um, right? Everything known as long COVID, which we kind of predicted, although I think it was pretty obvious. I don't want to give ourselves credit for that. But a lot of good it did. Yes, we they, predicted it, but. but they had talked about that they have primed people's immune systems for a possible bioterror attack mm-hmm. of like releasing of like that was to set everyone up for the bioweapon to come. Yes, which is terrifying to listen to. Um, or they were just. He also said these billionaires are not really interested in money as much as they are in just impressing their friends power and and if they can show up to a cocktail party and say yeah i controlled the you know the world if you're a billionaire, a pretty a billionaire doesn't worry about another billion dollars he worries if there's another level it's it's the power that he wants his friends to think he's cool yeah (laughs) which if you are hanging out with bill gates and you think you've done something cool and he said comes in and says oh yeah well i'm gonna be blocking out the sun like that's hard oh, to yeah. try. I gave eighty percent of the world AIDS. Yeah, he was saying that they just do this shit. They don't. It might not be this nefarious, like super multi-dimensional, you know, layered plan of of dominating the world. They could just be throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. So this Omicron virus, basically, or a yeah, Omicron variant of COVID. The hypothesis is that it is a uh, airborne vaccine. Air That's quotes. what I was referring to. Yeah, and it's that was because it's so then. different from uh, the Delta variant and from COVID itself. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's as if they're two polar opposite ends of the spectrum of what's possible with mutation, right? Delta and Omicron. So it seems like, and then when Omicron came in, it just wiped out Delta. There was no more Delta. Yeah. So that's the one that originated in uh, South Africa, right? They found like yes. 60 cases. And yes. A week later, it was around the entire globe. He was also mentioning something that you had brought up before. Mm-hmm. He was alluding to it. He didn't quite say it. He said that um, the COVID started in a lab. I don't know which lab, but it was oh, definitely present at the World, World Military, Military Games. <laughs> I was like, Fort Detrick. <laughs> Fort Detrick, yes. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, they have uh, what pretty clearly looks to be like the first cases of COVID from people coming home from the World Military Games. And before that, this would be World Military Games, which were in Wuhan, China. Wuhan, China. <laughs> um, they talked about... Uh, the streets, shops, everything had been completely emptied except for the people competing in the games. Uh, they came back with these, which exactly mirrored uh, COVID symptoms. Before that, right before the World Military Games at Fort Detrick, Maryland, they had uh, two incidents of um, lab mishaps and people having COVID, uh, COVID-like symptoms. It didn't have that name back then. Right. Uh, they also were able to trace it back through the, I can't remember what the, uh, the TAC, Tacoma, Washington airport, which was the main hub for the people flying to China out of uh, the Fort Detrick area. Mm-hmm. And then they saw like in that area around that airport, 
or they were able to trace it back to an airport hub. Okay. At that point, I can't remember the exact details. Yeah, they're on opposite ends of the country, so yeah. But for some reason, a lot of people from the World Military Games flew out of that hub in Spokane, Washington. That makes sense, actually. SeaTac. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, and um, they were able to basically contact trace Mm -hmm. this new mysterious illness. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yes, I thought the same thing. I was was, uh, as he brought up Fort Detrick. I'm like, oh, dude, I know this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ooh, ooh, your hand raised in the back, <laughs> calling me. <laughs> so at a conference in Stockholm, uh, this would be in January, uh, a professor, these are two, this is from a conversation from uh, Taylor Hudak and Professor Arne Burkhart. Um, professor Burkhart delivered a speech in which he provided a personal, personal comment about fertility. If I were a woman in a fertile age. I would not plan a motherhood from a man who had been vaccinated. He wasn't able to finish a sentence that everyone started applauding so loudly. And was like, what? Like, what was the rest of what he said? And so he goes through, actually like read the, the, the study of this. And he talks about how, shares that at least, at least wait two or three cycles of sperma, Tetanosis, <laughs> basically the cells that make sperm, mm-hmm. is they are finding in patients uh, spike protein in the testicles of men. Yeah. And they talked about uh, one guy was 55, one guy was 46. The guy was 55 died um, two weeks after his second Pfizer injection. The 46-year-old died, I think, a week after his injection. And they went and they dissected the testicles of these people and they found spike protein. And so I was thinking this was kind of similar in to the discussion that we had about booster rage where we come up with this absurd theory. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we're laughing our ass off just because it's so demented and ridiculous. And six months later, the WHO comes out and says, you know, one symptom of the vaccine is uh, psychosis and psychotic-like behavior. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? And so do you, I don't know if you remember in the early days, we talked about making a Liberty Tree shirt that said, vaccinate these nuts. Yes. Well, are you kidding? <laughs> There you go. Once again, reality has beat us to the punchline. Wow, you're right. Dang it. I guess I have to take that one down. I'm really uh, running out of ideas here. (laughs) What's the point? Like the most absurd shit I come up with ever. It's like, okay, that turned out to be true. Vaccinate these nuts and Bill Gates says, hold my beer. (laughs) So Super Bowl is coming up. I'm aware. Uh, Is that today? It is. That is today. Today is Sunday. Um, So by whatever... Coincidence, my birthday, my wife's birthday, um, and my wife's family, at least like half of them, all have their birthdays like this week. Mm-hmm. And I can't tre- keep track of who's is who, you know, including my own. Not that I don't know what my birthday is, but I just typically don't know what day it is or week or, or year, let's be honest. <laughs> Secret to youth. <laughs> and um, apparently I'm obligated to go to watch the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. By the way, is it? Super Bowl or the Super Bowl? The. The Super Bowl? Yeah. I heard an argument. Someone was saying like, no, it's just pronounced Super Bowl. Go watch Super Bowl? That doesn't make sense No, to me. that's ridiculous. Okay. I mean, maybe if you English isn't your first language, then okay. I could give you a pass. Well, I'd like to spend 15, 20 minutes on this because what I was listening... <laughs> <laughs> I have heard uh, this argument, though, that is kind of... Uh, I don't know what the right way to say it is. 
the Stanley Cup playoffs is this is the playoff, not the playoffs, apparently. Why is there only one? The playoff is what happens when all the teams play each other. Huh. To find out who wins the Stanley Cup. Instead of playoffs. That that actually kind of makes sense. I know. It's a weird one. Uh, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I know. <laughs> I know, dude. It's heavy shit. What's in your mind, babe? Ah, nothing, nothing. nothing. No, I can't talk about it. Like, it's just too... <laughs> still working through it. Still working through it. So, apparently, it's someone's birthday today. Uh, I'm guessing mother-in-law. And what apparently they want for their birthday is for me to watch the Super Bowl. I love it. <laughs> so I guess I'm on the hook to watch it. Who are you rooting for? Uh, well, here's the thing. Because I had to think back. Um, first off... Um, I'm not entirely sure who's playing. <laughs> so okay. I'll start with that. But to answer your question, is I had to think back. I'm like, well, what's the last sporting event that I actually sat through? And I'm like, I think it was World Cup 12 years ago, 13, 10. Like you mean sat down and watched? Like watched the whole thing. Yeah. Intentionally sat down. I want to watch this. Right. And so that's all I have to go on, right? Because I have to, you know, have a, this gap. I'm like not totally sure. I haven't watched a football game since I was probably in grade school. So I figure I'm going to spice things up, make it a little interesting, okay. uh, something to have my interest. So I, I put some skin on the game. Okay, did you? Mm-hmm. How'd you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I had to go back to what my last sporting event experience was. Right. I got 500 bucks down that Taylor Swift bites someone by halftime. Nice, dude. Huh? huh. So not the best odds. but No, that's, the payoff's got to be huge on that. thing pays off, <laughs> yeah. I guess who's taking the rest Hell of the yeah. who's, who's got two thumbs and a jet ski? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of betting, by the way, we can come back to that, but mm-hmm. I have been looking up the, uh, the betting odds on the election mm-hmm. pretty regularly. Like, I keep going back yeah. and checking it. Is there any crazy shit in there? A little bit. Yeah. Have I talked about this recently? No. Um... So you got, uh, okay, number one and number two. No shocker there. You got right Donald Trump plus 117. Joe is, Biden. How current is that? Because we're going to talk about what today. happened this week. Okay. This is updated. I just clicked on it. So this is like the current odds okay. today. Who, uh, Joe Biden plus 150. Who do you think number three is? Gavin Newsom. Yep. Plus $809. So not not great right. odds. It's an 11% probability. But fucking Gavin Newsom is who Vegas thinks has the third best chance of winning the presidency. Uh, Kamala, Harris, Kamala Harris on the list. Kamala Harris is tied with Nikki Haley. I would have both Nikki Haley and uh, RFK Jr. above Kamala Harris. So... I look at this all the way down at the bottom is Vivek Ramaswamy at 1% chance plus $9,900. I think that is the bet right there because if Donald Trump is kicked out, locked in jail, whatever, prevented from running, he's kind of the only other MAGA candidate. So if you bet, how do how, how those betting odds work? It I don't took know how me a works. long time okay. to figure this out Okay, because I always see the betting odds. I can never understand it because right. sometimes it'll say like, um, you know, <clears throat> negative 
whatever if, if if the odds are really yeah it just it never made sense to me i finally I, figured I've it never out. gambled and i don't me neither and i my only kind of window into this world was watching the ufc and, I, and like oh, this guy's a negative whatever i'm like I thought he was going to win. Like, oh, no, he is going to win. That means yes. he's fair. I'm like, okay. Yes. So I know sports guys that, that bet, this is like very basic right. knowledge. So uh, what the plus means is that if you bet 100 bucks, you get 9,900. So you basically win 10 grand if you bet on Vivek Ramaswamy 100 bucks. Oh, 100 bucks. Right? It seems like the, uh, those odds are less than they should be. Because yeah. the, the chances of Trump becoming president or being allowed to even be on the ballot in some states are low. Right. It's, and if he can't... And he's not on the ballot in some <laughs> states. And so, uh, yeah, and if it's negative, what it means is that you have to uh, bet that much in order to win $100. So it's like negative $120. You have to bet 120 in order to win 100 Gotcha. I think I'm probably wrong. About that, I just but. ran down to the store and I had just had this kind of deja vu moment. There's a, a younger dude working. He's got to be like 21, 22. Uh, I can use his name because this is a good story. His name's Trace and he's awesome. That's okay. why I, I would use his name. Like yeah. he's so good at his job. Just awesome attitude. Like just. Is he a tall, like, skinny guy? Yeah. Okay. He's great. Like, yeah, I like just, him. Just, yeah, just a great guy. And he was working last Super Bowl Sunday. And. I didn't know it was a Super Bowl, I believe, because I was I went in there in the morning, and he goes, <laughs> "That's just like what I realized. Like, I really like this kid." Yeah, he goes, "I remember this." He goes, watching the game night or watching the game today, I was like, uh, "I don't even know what sport you're talking about." He goes, "Yeah, I me mean, neither. I just figured out what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> That's what everyone's saying." <laughs> I laughed a lot. It's pretty funny, dude. Dude, it's got to be so tough to be a checker at a grocery store. I mean, you're basically the toll booth operator right. of your neighborhood. Just like, hey, how you doing today? Like over and over and over. And he's, I couldn't do it. Me right? neither. Yeah. He is, he's like wired for it. He's mm-hmm. just always just got that huge smile on his face, chatting with everyone. There's this chick that works at Lucky by my house who is, super just annoyed all the time, but in a kind of sarcastic, funny way, like constantly rolling her eyes and like, <sighs> with all the people in there and like, just like, you'll see her just like staring at someone that's like fumbling for their <laughs> card or, or something. And she's just staring at him like, ah, are you fucking kidding me? And you could tell she's probably like, she's probably our age. Yeah. And just kind of disappointed in her life a little bit, you know, <laughs> just, I've thought many times because I, I connect with her a little bit because I just think she doesn't belong there, but that's just kind of where she is. Right, right. She vibrates at a higher level than this grocery store, but what else is she going to do? Right. Yeah. She's in it now. Yeah. And I've thought many times, like, we got to have her on the podcast. <laughs> I want to hear the stories. stories. <laughs> There's got to be some just, like, all-time most, like, annoying and frustrating experiences. I want to hear about their their work mares. Right. You know, what is a work mare of a, of a I grocery checker? I have said that I think it should be, and I'm not a fan of new laws, but it should be mandatory that you have to work retail for a year. <laughs> some kind of, some kind of just description give you some humanity and yeah you, you just realize like it, this is how you learn not to be an asshole like when you go out in public and you, like you've, you've worked retail before right yeah yeah me too like when i was a kid you know mm-hmm. it's the worst job it is so like i yeah i don't know i was clearly not wired for it no um, especially nowadays where employees are not allowed to stop shoplifters. That's like the one thing you hope happens. So dude, have you seen, there's a new, uh, tech exec, 
he's a Marxist and he's a millionaire. If someone wants to square that circle for me, please send it my way. He is trying to finance legislation in the Bay Area because San Francisco, we're talking about the doom loop, the retail doom mm-hmm. loop of San Francisco. Uh, I think Walgreens closed all six of their stores in San Francisco. Target has closed their stores. CVS has closed their stores. If you have tr- trouble picturing what a doom loop looks like, just imagine your toilet when you flush and the, the spirals around, yes. and around and it finally goes right down into the sewer. And the the feces metaphor would hold up for San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> and he is trying to get legislation off the ground that will make it illegal for a store to close in San Francisco. Wow. Try to force them to stay open. That should attract a lot of businesses to San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) That'll fill up those vacant commercial buildings. And so part of the reason, one of the reasons... I hope that fucking passes. Well, me too. Because the way that I see... It's like, let's run the experiment. Because I I lived there for close to 10 years. Mm -hmm. You've lived there for several years. It's like this... uh, has become this like dystopic terrarium. Where we can just watch yeah. from the outside, like fuck, dude. Try, try all the crazy shit you want to do. An so, app that yeah. tracks bum shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Profitable yeah. business. Yeah, it's business like is moving out. Shoplifting's not a crime. It's it's amazing to watch. I'm glad they're running the experiment. It's like Biodome yes. three. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Biodome. <laughs> the poo poo boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> I found this. Um, this article is hilarious. This is it's it just speaks to fact checks because when you look up, just type in stores closing in California. Uh, stores closing in California due to crime. Build to stop employees to they're making it illegal to confront shoplifters. Why shoplifting is now de facto legal in California? Made a retailers blame theft uh, theft for their decision to close locations. That's from the far right NPR. Mm. And one of the reasons why these stores close too is they can't keep employees because employees are like it's just it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous to walk to work, and it's dangerous while I'm at work. Yeah. Right? Because people, I mean, it's basically I'm willingly putting myself in a violent crime spree right. uh, uh, scene like almost every day. I found this great fact check. This kind of goes back to um, the last episode we did. It's... Um, this is from the amazing the USA Today. No, California Proposition 47. 47 is what um, changed the threshold for what becomes a misdemeanor. Or a right. It, it sets it at $950. Per incident. Yeah. The fact check. Um, our rating, false. Shoplifting is a misdemeanor in California with punishments of up to six months in jail and a $1,000 fine. That's their fact check. I love fact checks. Yeah. <laughs> the void in logic we're seeing is, yeah, but you guys don't enforce it. Nothing is prosecuted, which we brought up. That leaked Zoom call with mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom. Look it up. Look it up. Said several yeah, times. That's what I say when ten I'm toughest. in an everyday, ten toughest. You yeah, can, everyday conversation with my friends. Yeah. Um, Swear in my mother's grave. Yeah. He's saying like they were the 10th toughest state on crime. Because what he was referring to is to go back to the other one is like the threshold is nine hundred fifty dollars. Where in Texas it's fifteen hundred. In Texas you go to jail for six months. In California you don't even get a citation. Nothing. No, happens. it's just like that video that we uh, that came up recently. The in Oakland, a guy went into the Apple Store and stole. I want to say like. 20, 20 phones. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Shoved them down his pants, and he goes running out the door. And his pants are filled up, like the bottom Get to work, Jake. of his pants are like billowing out because they're so full of phones. Right. And he runs right past a fucking cop car. Yeah. Like that. 
could you have any less and, respect and, for law and, enforcement than just running right past their car you, full of stolen merchandise? You know what is... I'm a nuanced guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's uh, that video, what's stood out to me? Because I'm so used to seeing these videos. Right. Like, oh, can you believe that? It's like, yeah, dude, you know, I've seen hundreds. Of no, they don't even make a dent anymore. All in California. What's more striking um, is far to allude to the, just like the, the cultural decay that lends itself credence to these situations. Yeah. Is the people just placidly going about their business and shopping right next mm-hmm. to the guy. They just like look over like, yeah, it's just something. What can you, what would you have those people Including do? Including the employees. Because oh, if that happened up here, it, it wouldn't fly. People would no. stop them. Yes. Right? Even though we're like an hour away. Right. But down there, if anyone tries to stop them, including the employees, they are breaking the law. Right. And that law will be prosecuted. Yeah. So it's... Almost it's like it was done by design. Exactly. These policies that Gavin Newsom, is, as much as he's trying to backpedal right now and act like he's tough on crime, he's... <laughs> Are, these policies are the things that have made it so that people are afraid to step in and yeah. criminals have no fear at all of, of the law. That guy got arrested for stealing all those phones. He broke the threshold. But I guarantee... Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. No. I, I, I would put money down that he was released without bail. I mean... What kind of odds uh, you want? No, no bail. What kind of odds you want on that? Uh, yeah, if you just give me like, you know, minus 150, uh, I'd, I'd probably take that bet. That's good. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't better than, idea what that means. Better than the odds of Taylor Swift biting someone by halftime at the Super Bowl? Uh, slightly. Or at Super Bowl? <laughs> the Super Bowls, I believe. Uh, there we go. Um, the, ah, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say about that. But, uh, yeah, the, the lack of, um, of accountability for criminals is directly a result of the policies. And I know Gavin Newsom didn't write the laws, mm-hmm. but the policies that are put in place by the democratic machine in California, and he signed all those fucking laws. Right. He didn't veto any of them. <clears throat> and so it's just laughable right now that he's sending highway patrolmen as our cop buddy calls them AAA with guns right. to Oakland to start enforcing the laws. Like, the, the problem isn't that the, they don't have cops. They have cops. The cops there are capable of enforcing the law. The problem They're is they're told not to. Yeah. Yeah. What are the higher patrol going to do? Give everyone speeding tickets? Right. Like, fuck off. The dystopic terrarium known as the Bay Area. Yeah. Run the experiment. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I'm glad. I'm like, just, I mean, just everything you want to try out, just try it out. Let's just see what happens. I love that. Make it illegal for stores to leave. Yes. And God, this this law is going to be going into effect in uh, in June. Okay, so everyone, you got four months to get the fuck out of San Francisco. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that just be beautiful to see them actually pass that law and watch every single business leave San Francisco? Do you? Well, I'd say it's happening. It's happening whether that law passes or not. Do you want to guess? Well, it's easy to be hyperbolic and say that every business is leaving San Francisco. I mean, the reality is that's probably like 10% of businesses or something. Uh, I think it's more than that. Okay. Okay. Do you want to guess? This would cause every single business to leave. Oh, yeah. Do you want to guess? How do you enforce that? I'm going to phrase this. I mean, the person that owns the business can't leave. 
Do you want to guess what he said was the real reason for these businesses leaving? They're like, well, it's, it's the crime. It's just violent. They can't keep people employed because it's too dangerous. Now don't, don't think too hard. Okay. What Climate you, change. Uh, no, better. What's the other one? Uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking too hard. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Racism. Racism. <laughs> yes. I, I thought I just said Donald Trump. Oh, right. <laughs> but I repeat myself. Awesome. Well... You know, this kind of stuff that is happening is funny to us because I don't think it's... It is funny. It's not It's not scary. That shit with the airborne vaccine is scary. That's scary. <laughs> Chinese <was>, bioweapons, <laughs> that's scary. I was thinking about... He was saying in that interview that... Dude, shedding. Shedding. Fucking scary. Yes. Thing. He was saying that whatever you do, the worst thing you could do is be locked in a car with someone for an hour right after they got vaccinated. <laughs> and I thought, how many people did I roll with right after they got vaccinated? Literally absorbing their sweat. Yeah. The only... Like, the, the prayer that I hold on to is that the people at our gym are wired like we are and, and no one at the gym got vaccinated. I think that we have a higher than average number of of uh, people not vaccinated. Yeah, but it's not zero. By the way, it's not vaccinated. It's yes. not a fucking vaccine. Thank you. It's a goddamn shot. You're it's right. Genetic gene, it's experimental gene therapy. So, so <clears throat> go ahead. What do you got? Uh, so do you remember, so we started Liberty Tree and, uh, and you know, thank God we did, right? Am I right? <laughs> Cheers, brother. <laughs> um, we started Liberty Tree I remember talking to, it was basically you, me, James, and uh, Jake, right? right? We And I remember saying, I want to start an organization that's like basically a punk rock organization, mm. you know, where, but the ideals are not liberal lefty ideas like punk rock tends to be, but yeah. more right wing conservative ideas for lack of a less clunky way of putting it right and i want us to say things that are offensive to some people and not have to worry about it and mm -hmm. make shirts that people who are like-minded but maybe afraid to kind of say it like have a place to go to mm -hmm. to express their their thoughts and their feelings and i kind of think at the time this was like <laughs> early covid how'd that go for us <laughs> Not good. Not good. Well, it depends on how you measure it. <laughs> if you measure it in the size of your social circle, not, not very good. So good. <laughs> but if you measure it in how cool you think you are, I think we're cooler <laughs> than those people. So I think we're winning. Um, and honestly, I think that that's like the, for some reason, you know, I all, I'm always kind of trying to point out the positive things yes. that are out there. You bring uh, the, the optimism component to this relationship right. to the table. Yes. Right. And my optimism is like, not that, Hey, everything's just fine. Like don't, you know, everything's, we're all going to be rich and we're all going to get laid. Like it's, it's not the Rodney Dangerfield version of optimism. Yeah. You're kind of a right around the bend light at the end of the tunnel guy. And then I bounce that out with, I don't know, the Deagle statistics. <laughs> yes. Uh, man, that's coming up, huh? <laughs> 2025. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, 
And we got some catching up to do. <laughs> Fuck. I was right. <laughs> there are a lot of houses in your neighborhood that have people living in them. So <laughs> they have some catching up to do to get in line with Deagle. But uh, um, the, the thing that I see over and over again is that there is a... We are winning. And... It, just seems to me like this idea that we had when we started Liberty Tree of being kind of on the being the cool kids is coming to fruition mm-hmm. and or at least changing. Right. You know, and like it is way cooler today to be on our wavelength than it is to be some nerd talking about masking or complaining on Twitter about how many people at the grocery store weren't wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case when we first started doing this. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. You had told me that you were going to, uh, before we started recording, talk about how things are getting better. And I believe my reaction was, (laughs) right. (laughs) Uh, I agree with that. I think that's an interesting kind of insight. So look at this video that I uh, I found. This is a uh, time-lapse movie of one of the biggest tides in the world going out and then coming back in. So, you're looking at it right now at high tide. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell what it's doing, but then you see kind of how oh, the water's actually moving. And as it starts to go out, there's almost like a like a rip current or a, a flowing current of water that if you were surfing and trying to paddle in, you would be struggling against, right? I mean, look at this, like the ripples in the water right. going out. And then once it starts going, you can really see the water moving. I feel like I should be wearing some of those Lululemon sweatpants right now. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> I, I'm slowly, like, growing a ponytail. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on? I know. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And so in this middle zone where the tide is, the tide's coming back in now, uh, when it goes from low to high, you see the water moving pretty quick. Yeah. But that, that point where it's, like, that's, that's actually a rad video, dude. isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. When it gets to, like, any particular spot where it's um, it's near the low tide, you can't really tell if it's coming in or going out. Yeah. Right? Because it's, it's, it's in that transition phase. And on top of the tide, you also have a lot of um, waves, mm-hmm. m- motion in the water. Right. And is that wave part of the tide coming in or is that wave, you know, is it going out? It doesn't, it's really hard to tell when yeah. you're right in the moment of it. But when you look back or you see it in a time lapse like this, you can really see the movement. Mm-hmm. And when it's in the middle of the transition, slack, you can feel the waves actually, the, the water moving yeah. on a really big tide. You can feel it pushing you or pulling on you. And I feel like we're in this moment now where the tide is shifting mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell exactly but there's indications that it is starting to shift. It was easy to tell when it was going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, everyone was getting canceled all the time. Right. Totalitarian governments were thriving. Schools were shut down. Business, we lost our local businesses. Yeah. People uh, telling you you were not allowed at their house because you didn't take this experimental gene therapy. People screaming at you from cars that you weren't wearing a mask alone outside. That's some fucking deal. I was jogging. I went for a run 
and a carload of people just stopped in the middle of the road and flipped me off and started yelling. <laughs> I, was, I was so, yeah, I was so down to fight the Please entire car. Please get out of the car <laughs> and talk about this right now. <laughs> uh, I like, I really like where you're going with that. Um, so and, I don't know. Yeah. And I, th- I think what you're saying, I think there's some meat on that bone. The, well, as I say, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I say it's going to get worse before it gets worse. <laughs> and I think that's what I bring to the table. Which is true. But I think you ha- it has to get... So we had a discussion yesterday, and I was actually, it kind of resonated with me. I was thinking about it for quite a while. Is that I think these political elites, these people that really just do not give a fuck about you and your family. They do not give a shit. And so much so that they don't even, as we say, we deserve better psyops. They don't even go to the trouble to lie sometimes. Mm-hmm. They just go like, this is what we're doing. Like, I, I think it's intentional. They're kicking sand in your face. Like, just, just to make sure this is where we stand. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I agree. Gavin Newsom going to the French Laundry, for example. You know, his kids being in private school while all the other schools were shut down. Him I, cleaning up San Francisco and then saying, it's true. Because, because it's, it's true. true. Oh, okay. So I thought you gave so a downtown shit. Downtown was immaculate for three days, yeah, and then that Monday it was just back to normal. And everyone's lives there, lives there, going like, oh, "Well, a couple things. You just showed us how possible it was, right? And you also showed us that like you just don't care to do it, but you'll do it for you know the leader of China. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, we had the discussion. I don't know how much you remember yesterday, but we talked about. Um, I think these people get so complacent and so comfortable in their roles of power that they throw too many cards on the table, I guess you could say. And normal people, like we're geeks for this stuff. We pay attention to it. We're going through videos and articles and constantly pointing stuff out. But your average person's like, I don't know, man, I take in like a little bit of news here and there. And, you know, I watch, you know, I spend my time watching football and I go on Facebook or, you know, just kind of, you know, your NPC-ish type of person. Those people are waking up. And yes. that's what we need. Exactly. And so I agree with what you're saying. Exactly. And it's very nice. And, and dude, it's like the, the analogy that I think of is the, uh, the movie that you're watching. And it, it, actually the example that I was telling you, I think yesterday was the, uh, the last starfighter. Oh yes. Right. It's like this movie when we were kids was awesome. And then you go back to watch it when <laughs> you're an adult <laughs> and you're just kind of like, I just, that, can't really buy that right the acting is so bad the the premises of it are so bad that you're just like like listen that sound effect the sound effects are on point (laughs) alex rogan lives in a small trailer park in the california i love this movie when i was a kid me too he has a dream to go to college you guys think i'm gonna hang out here watch you shine your pickup forget it man i'm doing something with my life start a career you know it's not like you couldn't have made this movie well you know, it's it's basically Tron, right? Yeah. Um, you could do this movie, which is a good Tron's a good movie, but this is just so bad. You're sitting there watching it as an adult, and you're just like, I can't. Like every little premise in it, that stupid car. Yeah. Um, the the way that they the act, the things that they propose, like they're going 300 miles an hour on a on a California road in the yeah. mountains, and it's just like your brain 
eventually, as much as you want to love this movie because you loved it when you were a kid, your brain just won't let you do it. Yeah. And you go, you know what? Fuck, I can't watch this. Right. It's just too ridiculous. My, I just, it, it, you get snapped out of it. And I think that is starting to happen to people. Yeah. Or maybe it's been happening for a long time, but it's, it's now you're starting to see a shift. It used to be very easy to cancel someone mm-hmm. so that you couldn't hear their, their idea of uh, their observations on the truth. Like Tucker Carlson, for yeah. example, the biggest name in legacy media. Mm-hmm. He had the biggest show on any network. I mean, it was bigger than all the networks. It was bigger than some networks by themselves, I think. Yeah. And you have, you would think that a company that was interested in making money would be happy to have that on their network. Right. And they cancel him. As in to say, like, he gets this backlash, uh, he tries to get canceled, deplatformed or whatever, and the company goes, well, the fact is that he brings in, you know, quadruple the amount than all the other hosts combined. Yeah. I don't really care what he says. Right. And they, But they fire him. So you, And I think this alludes back to the first point you made, like, at some point, they're not worried about money. They're worried about control. They're worried about power. They're worried about narrative. They are worried about an agenda. It doesn't trying. make any sense otherwise. Yeah. And I people see that. It's very obvious. Yeah. Like, why would you fire the guy that makes the most money? Well, <clears throat> I guess you just didn't like what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And so what was he saying? Well, you know, it gives people kind of like a, a reason to go look and, and listen because is what he was saying was so bad, it must have been really bad in order for him to be canceled. So it must have been like the most hate-filled, awful, racist, bigoted, you know, what are the worst things you can be in the world today? Like a racist. So it must have had a ton of that. Mm -hmm. And people watch it and they're like, "Mm, didn't really see much of that. So what was the real reason? And it makes people kind of wake up to the bad acting that's going on. Yeah. And so with a great show like his, uh, who he exposed a lot of interesting questions, at least, even if he didn't necessarily always get the answer right. And just for the record, I'm not like a Tucker Carlson sycophant. I don't, I think he's bad on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He's basically a socialist when it comes to economics. economics. Yeah. I, I can't, I wish he could have people on his show that could help him see well, that's, that's kind what of he's the, missing. That's kind of the there. point though. That's a, like, yes, not, not too, it's, Afford yourself the intellectual capacity for you to listen to a conversation or a point of view and don't have to immediately compartmentalize everything else that that person represents or what they believe. Take the value, take the face value of that conversation or that idea and use it as a springboard to get somewhere in your head or to challenge what you already think you believe. I is this people who have turned politics into a religion it's the most destructive disturbing thing that i've ever witnessed is you like you can't even enjoy a comedian i've had someone call me say to me i'm like oh, i heard this thing on adam carolla like oh dude i can't listen to that it's just politics i'm all well his the joke goes like this and i thought it was humorous i'm sorry i didn't <laughs> mean to ruin your day it's like it's this blind adherence to we recently had a friend that said uh they were accused Joe Rogan of being something 
I, yeah, of being just ultra right wing. Ultra right wing. He's a Bernie supporter, by the way. Right. And or he was. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably coming around a little bit on that. Yeah, I just this. Uh, well, that, the the interesting part of that story is that that person then, um, our our friend responded with, "Well, he's never had a right wing politician on his show." Yeah. And the person he was talking to said, I don't know about that. He said, well, I listened to all of his shows. Our friend is a really big fan of Joe Rogan. And I've never heard him have a right-wing supporter on there. And the person he's arguing with says, well, I don't know about that. I'd have to do some research before I could comment on that. I was like, you think so? Well, the problem is you already commented on it. And that's why we're here now. God yeah, forbid I, you know what you were talking about. I just I don't understand of this like weird preemptive filing system that people have in their heads of like, I already know what that person's about. I'm not going to listen. Like, dude, I listen, I read Huffington post in the morning. I listen to NPR on my way to work. I want to hear what everyone's saying. I disagree with almost everything. Huffington post is like, it's comedy at this point. Yeah. But I still read. It's like, I want to hear what the other perspective is. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to only hear one perspective all the time. That's like, yeah. I want it. It's like, I need and to, ev- I need to read. I need to be able to, if I'm going to have an opinion on something, it's like, I need to be able to read that article and say, this is why I think that article's wrong. Every once in a while, there could be a legitimate article on Huffington Post, by the way. Yeah. It's not to say that every single thing that, you know, that's, that's the exact opposite uh, or, or the reciprocal of what we're talking about of this religious adherence to one side or the other. Oh, it's on Huffington Post. It's got to be garbage. Right. It's like, it's garbage if it's garbage. The fact that it's on Huffington Post... Is just the platform that it just happens to mostly be garbage. It It does. That's a fact also. But it doesn't mean that simply because that's where it is, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. And I think that um, it's funny because we've, it's easy to fall into that trap. There's so little media that is um, aligns with the way that we think. I mean, it's basically, you know, there's very, very little um, exactly with how we think I'm talking about like an anti-state, you know, uh, and the fed kind of, we're going to talk about this later because you're right. Kind of it's out there. You have to find it and it is getting bigger. Well, okay. It, so that's, it, it is a, it is becoming its own industrial complex. That's yeah. right. That's what I was just about to get in. Yes. Go to because, so you have Joe Rogan who is, uh, as we just were talking about, like, He's what's most admirable about Joe Rogan's podcast is his willingness to try on different ideas. He'll have a socialist like Bernie Sanders on and he'll say, yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with a hundred percent. It's like, he's trying on a hat to see if it fits or, or, yeah. you know, an, a, a ensemble and does this work for me? And then he has someone else on that's doesn't think that way. And he's like, yes, absolutely. Like Dave Smith, like totally, totally, totally. It was just, you know, and that in and of itself is a threat, right? Because he's not, he could say anything. He could have any guest on. He had Milo Yiannopoulos on. He has, you know, whacked, wacky out, whacked out people on like that. You know, not that I think that Alex Jones is a total whack job. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. By all means, yes, he's crazy, but um, he'll have him on and entertain his crazy ideas, mm-hmm. or Eddie Bravo, which turned out to be true, like <laughs> exactly, <laughs> oddly enough. And so, what's happening? What I see in this, you know, going back to the title shift thing, is that there is starting to be more, yeah, of this kind of media. And lately, I like to listen to Dave Rubin's. 
podcast because he covers a lot of news really quickly. Mm-hmm. But lately, more and more, I'm just like, God damn, this guy is so off base on so many things. Yeah, and I okay. used to really like it. And I wonder if the reason I liked his show was more because it was just not saying what the legacy media was not saying what CNN was telling me. And I just kind of latched onto that. Mm-hmm. But I listen to it now and I'm just like, man, this guy is off base on a lot of things. I think that has a lot to do. I don't know. It's almost like um, I'm going to draw a clunky metaphor to like metal of like, I was always into metal, death metal. And I was into like Motley Crue when I was a kid, which is just, they're a dog shit band. (laughs) I go back and listen to it. You know, they're kind of the last starfighter of metal bands. (laughs) And, um, but at that time, that's all I knew. Like, this is, this is like heavy. This is like heavy music, you know? Now it's just like, sure. It's, it's, you know, pop shit rock, basically shit metal. And, um, so when we listen to some of the, I don't know, old like radio stuff, uh, Armstrong and Getty show, for example, maybe Dave Rubin is there wasn't, it wasn't so prominent, this narrative, you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like your introduction to these other ideas. Yes. And then when you, you know, now you go and you listen to Last American Vagabond or Dave Smith or Pete Quinones or uh, Charlie Robinson is one that just macroaggressions just mm-hmm. blew my mind open, like the stuff that he gets into. And so you listen to that, and then, then you go back and listen to Dave Rubin, and you're just like, eh, it's pretty just kind of mainstream, like so-so. I don't really, nothing really interesting here going on, like not really straying from too much from an acceptable, you know, like you're just a yeah. slightly conservative kind of mainstream guy at this yeah. point. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Right. But when it's, when it's so, you're not going to hear that. You're not going to hear their opinions. You're not gonna hear Matt Walsh, for example, on Mm -hmm. Fox news. Right. Right. That's just too far. Him questioning what is a woman is just way too far outside of the allowable opinion. Right. So Fox news who fired Tucker Carlson is not going to have someone that's just as controversial on right there. I, it drives me crazy when people, you know, accuse me of being a Fox news guy or, you know, call Fox news like this. You're just placating to the Fox news base. It's like the Fox news. I, base. I was like, I didn't, I couldn't even number one. I don't know how my TV works. So even if I wanted to watch Fox news, I wouldn't know how anyway, I've never been to the Fox news website. I don't, that's so ridiculous. It goes, it also, you, you kind of glossed over something that I think touched on something that we were talking about earlier is a guy, they fire Tucker Carlson. You hear this with Trump all the time. It's like, dude, you you guys can assassinate him. I was like, it's not going to go away, though. Mm-hmm. It's not him. It's he. He is indicative. Right. It's of his middle finger <laughs> going on here. Same thing with Tucker Carlson. And you have like bootlicking, fucking Jeffrey Epstein Island going dickbag, fucking Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel, poking fun at. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly <laughs> poking fun at Tucker Carlson in his show going like, oh yeah, he's like, unemploy- I guess he's going over to Russia to look for a job. I'm all, his interview got 90 million, uh, million views on Twitter alone. Like, you know, you know how much money that guy's worth? You know, you know what his audience is yeah. and what your audience is like, and you're, you're firing shots about his employment status. That dude is doing whatever he wants. He's got no chains. He's got no constraints. I don't watch Tucker Carlson. I didn't even watch the interview. I watched the unedited video, which was pretty interesting. The unedited? Mm-hmm. What, what is that? Uh, uh, with Putin. Unedited? Yeah. You mean, well, you didn't watch the... the uh, well, they took some stuff out. 
You watched the end. <laughs> about Taylor Swift. She sucks. Who do you think will win the 2024 election in the United States? Everyone knows President Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States. And as soon as he takes back the White House, he's probably going to whoop some ass. What do you think about Bud Light? Gay. Piss. Gay piss. <laughs> Who killed Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, that's easy. Uh, Hillary did it. We don't call her Hillary Clinton for no reason. Provocative. Wow, I didn't, because I listened to the whole interview. Or, uh, I didn't catch those. And he spoke been. English either? Well, that was obviously a translator, right? Yes. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the, the Putin interview. <clears throat> did you know that after that interview, interview the we'll get into this later, the EU has made a call for him to be put on a no-fly list? Uh, I think it was that one guy in the EU is proposing that they sanction Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Yes, I did know that. Um, that's, that sounds to me like you know, it was one guy. Eh. I don't know. Not, not cool, but not like a huge deal. I don't think it is indicative of just the, the, the coordinated freak out. Well, the amount of journalists air quotes who applauded that. Yes. Yes. He should be. I mean, it's yeah. not hard to find clips of guys like, uh, Chris Matthews or is that his name? No, uh, Chris, that, Wallace, uh, Chris Wallace saying things similar to that. Yes, he should be uh, sanctioned. This is just unacceptable that he was from CNN. Uh, CNN Plus still around? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that. Um, so this interview was like one of the biggest things to happen. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't have been, but... It was because of the freak out of people that are um, trying to maintain this narrative. Basically, it's the Ukraine war narrative, yeah. right? And the people that are trying to maintain that, they, the enemy to any sort of uh, propaganda and mainstream narrative is information. Yeah. And I watched the whole thing. I have no idea if Putin was telling the truth on everything. I think Tucker Carlson probably has his uh, questions about whether or not he was telling the truth uh, on some things. I think that that's not really the point. The point is someone should at least, let's just hear what he has to say. Yeah. Get him to talk. He talked for two hours. Get him to talk, and then let's go see if what he said was, was true or not. You know, the more he talks, the more damage it could do if he's not telling the truth because you're you're exposing what he says to daylight. Yeah, as we often say that when the reaction to something, particularly a point of view or a conversation, or in this case an interview, when the reaction to it is a collective freak out that that person needs to be punished, they need to be deplatformed, um, the internet shouldn't be heard by anyone. As we always say it's like, if that's the reaction, you're probably pretty close to being over the target. Exactly. Not to saying that what Putin said was correct, but this is, I think this, my reaction to this is I thought it was a pretty good example. There has been a lot of work done lately um, through a lot of the independent journalism that we do, and they make this kind of point that the left have become the new neocons. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what do we know about the neocons? I mean, you, we could take our foreign military, support for foreign military intervention alone. Yes, the left are absolutely neocons. Yeah, they're all in on it. And then you add in, you know, the calls for censorship and deplatforming and the control, you know, forced mm-hmm. behavior modification. I was like, you, you guys have essentially, you guys became the, have become the religious right, but just without church. Like your religion is, I don't know, wokeism <laughs> or yeah, the, the state. Like that. Yeah. And so, do you remember in the Iraq invasion? I was thinking about this today because I was thinking about this Putin interview and how, you know, the collective freak out that, you know, Tucker, you know, he's to be on a no fly list and, you know, mm-hmm. how dare he and he's, uh, you know, giving this guy a platform. Do you remember being on the left as you were back then, uh, you know, having serious, serious issues with our illegal invasion of Iraq. Yeah. Do you remember what Saddam Hussein was saying right before they invaded him? Yeah, he was saying, I complied with everything that you've asked me to comply with. And he said, he goes, I'm calling for a debate between me and George Bush for the entire world to watch before he invades us. Yeah. We can all hear what we each have to say, and then you guys can decide. God, no, we cannot allow that. And what, what did the, said, well, the, neo, the neocon said? Like, no, we will absolutely not give this guy a voice. No, he's just going to spread lies and misinformation, and yeah, we can't have that. Well, guess what? Yep. He didn't have any of the shit that we said that he had. So. Yep. They weren't slightly north, south, east, and west at the Crete, as it turns out. So what's, what is awesome about this interview with Putin is that you know, when Dan Rather interviewed uh, Saddam Hussein, that's mm-hmm. kind of, I think that's what you're yeah. referring to. Correct. Um, when Barbara Walters interviewed Fidel Castro, mm-hmm. these things happen through a mainstream media uh, filter right. and lens, right? It's, it's all through, it's all filtered through uh, within the prism of the acceptable narrative at right. the end of the day, yes. Now, this interview is coming out completely independent. Sure, it's filtered through the questions that Tucker Carlson asked, and you can criticize him for not asking tougher questions, although I think that's, I mean, he did a pretty good job, in my opinion. It's gay. It wasn't it's all... gay piss. <laughs> it wasn't all softballs. Um, but people are in insane numbers. Like, a third of the country has watched this interview. Yeah. And they want to go and just get the information. And we should trust them to do with that information what they will. Mm-hmm. And if there's better questions that should be asked of Putin, someone else should go interview him also. Right. If Tucker Carlson did a shitty job, then send fucking Chris Wallace over there to interview him. You know, get do the questions that you think were... Send old fucking Jeffrey Tubin over there. I'm gonna rub one out in front of Putin on <laughs> camera. All right, so here is... Uh, Chris's last name have to be Tubin. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's a but that's not why Tucker went to Moscow. During the Cold War, gullible Westerners who spread Soviet propaganda were dismissed <laughs> as useful idiots. But calling Tucker that is unfair to useful idiots. Now, he's made a cynical decision to chase MAGA's affection for dictators. And what better way to cash in than Putin's Kremlin? Okay. How many people watched that? Seventeen. <laughs> okay, now so no, remember that uh, phrase, the useful idiots thing. Mm-hmm. This apparently is like that. Is that the new thing? The new thing that the they're calling thing? Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are now entering the. Want to be a covidiot? <laughs> oh, it's the thing. It's good. It's the thing. 
We're about or, about to enter into the irony-proof zone. Oh, yeah. I hope you are ready, son. <laughs> You're going to love this. This is Hillary Clinton being interviewed on MSNBC. Tucker Carlson is in Moscow right now interviewing Vladimir Putin. Right. The first American, I'll say, journalist. Why? I'll say journalist. <laughs> Why? Oh, but you're a journalist, right? Before we go too far into this, just why is Hillary Clinton's opinion <laughs> fucking matter? What does she have to do with anything? Coming up after the break, an uh, old lady with a bunch of cats who lives in upstate New York will have her opinion. The irony in this interview is just fucking delicious. The first American, I'll say, journalist uh, to interview Putin since the war in Ukraine mm -hmm. began. What does that tell you about Tucker Carlson and right-wing media and also Vladimir Putin? Well, it shows me what I think we've all known. He's what's called a useful idiot. I mean, <laughs> if you actually read translations of what's being said on Russian media, they make fun of him. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow has, after having been fired from so many... Uh, outlets in the United stick, States. Stick to the he, point. Uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with a Russian outlet because he is a useful <laughs> idiot. He says things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin's uh, pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh, so I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview because through him he can you know continue to lie about what his you know objectives are in Ukraine and and uh, you know what he expects to see happen it's really quite sad that not just somebody like Tucker Carlson who has as I said been fired so many times because he seems unable to <laughs> you know, correlate his uh, reporting with the truth um, but also because it's a sign that there are people in this country right now who are like a fifth column for Vladimir Putin. And why? I don't know. I mean, why are certain Republicans throwing their lot in? Why are, you know, other Americans basically believing uh, Putin? Why did Trump believe Putin more than our 11 intelligence agencies? She just can't know. let it go. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Why did Trump not believe Putin more than our 11 intelligence agencies? Uh, are you referring to the 11 intelligence agencies who accused him of being a asset, a Russian a asset? Russian spy? <laughs> Surely not referring to the steel dossier, are you? <laughs> Turned out to be not so true. intelligence agencies. Hmm, I don't know. Do you have a working uh, theory? You have a working theory. And but but it's 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 more than just the political partisan advantage. There is a yearning for leaders who can kill and imprison their opponents, destroy the press. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what country is she talking about? Oops. Oh fuck. <laughs> It would be funny to put this clip to a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Lead a life that is one of impunity, unbound by any laws. There's a yearning among certain people in our country for that kind of leadership. And I find that absolutely gobsmacking terrifying. Who is she talking about? <laughs> Is she really not talking about herself right there? Come on. 
I mean, so, sometimes it's like the the telltale heart with Edgar Allan Poe. Like, we'll cut to Julian Assange for his thoughts. <laughs> the truth ha- just has to force itself out. God, that's hilarious, isn't it? Audacity, um, dude. So I'm gonna come back to the title thing. I'll, I'm gonna wrap this, bring it around full circle. But before I do, speaking of movies that suck, I came up with this. I think I have a theory that you're going to like. Okay. President Zelensky mm-hmm. of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Is it Ukraine or the Ukraine? <laughs> it's the Ukraines. <laughs> uh, I think he might have all this time. Okay. Before I tell you the theory. Okay. This is the scenario. Okay. The president of Ukraine was a billionaire. Yes. Right. Uh, Poroshenko. Mm-hmm. Okay. This was the guy that was installed after the coup by Victoria Newland that we yeah, might have revolution. Right. Okay. Thank you. 2014. Yes. Um, this guy did his job. What up? Took over out battalion. Thank you. Nazis <laughs> really helped us out on that one. This guy takes over Ukraine billionaire. Mm-hmm. Right doesn't really want to spend his time being president of Ukraine, you know, president of the United States. Sure. But Ukraine, come on. That's, he's got better things to do. Yeah. So they need someone else to step in. Mm -hmm. Who do they get? Zelensky. Vladimir Zelensky. Right. A comedian, actor, you know, not a, not a billionaire. Mm -hmm. Right. And not like an incredibly talented. Have you watched any of his? Not a billionaire then. I should have. (laughs) Right. Um, maybe not a billionaire today. Oh, he absolutely is a billionaire. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Okay. Definitely millionaire, right? He definitely made money out of this deal. Right. But would you agree that Zelensky? Uh, if that were to be true, according to all information, he would have to be placed in charge of the fourth most corrupt country in the entire world. He might be uh, a... Wait, what country is this? What are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> the fourth, ah, yeah. God dang it. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe he's just a skilled investor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> old Nancy Pelosi School of Investing. <laughs> um, so, okay. Who could be at the door at this hour? <laughs> Maybe Vladimir Zalinsky is actually... Well, would you, first of all, would you admit that or agree that he was uh, appointed to this position? Yeah. Yes. I mean, he ran in an election against Poroshenko, mm-hmm. who... Yeah, I, I didn't see you use your uh, finger quotes. <laughs> <laughs> election. Right. Won by 75%, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah. never happens anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially, he ran against a guy who was in kind of the same... Party, mm-hmm. for lack of a better... Yeah, there's a fucking North Korea numbers there. <laughs> exactly. Those are Putin numbers. <laughs> okay. What I'm thinking is that Zelensky is probably a patriot. Mm-hmm. He probably loves Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And he may have made a deal with the devil. Because I, I think he was basically installed as president 
I, I think that his... Yeah. My... I agree. This theory is based on the assumption that Zelensky is in there doing the dealings of whoever is controlling Ukraine. And what we know about Ukraine... And that's different from our country. Huh? Well, our, we, what we know about Ukraine is that there's a lot of ties to our country. Yes. Right? There's all sorts of weird shit there with the chemical weapons, biological weapons, labs, the... the the weird investing strategies, uh, Hunter Biden being FTX. on the, yeah, all of the, exactly. Yeah. The, the, um, yes, yes. Right. So if our country wants to keep Ukraine from falling into the hands of the Russians, mm-hmm. they need someone running it. That'll play ball. The, yeah. the billionaire Poroshenko is, he understands what's going on. He's like, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Pick someone that's willing to do it. So you, you get this guy. I'm off to Epstein Island. You guys do whatever you want. <laughs> you, you get this guy who's actually kind of a patriot. He's a comedian. He's like, fuck it. I'll do it. Let's let's go. Yeah. Right? And then, okay, you can do it. You're going to become rich. You're going to become famous. But you have to play ball. If you don't, there's going to be consequences. Right? And so he's like, all right, I'll do it. Well, what that ends up meaning is that he has to become president of a country that's going to war with one of the most... Uh, well-armed and strongest military the world's in the world. nuclear su- superpower, yeah. Yeah, and he starts realizing through this that, what the fuck, this is not good for the country that I love. So many people are dying. I'm having to shut down churches. I'm having to shut down political parties. All of the young people are being sent off to war, and they're dying at the hands of the Russians to the point where we're now drafting people in their 40s and 50s mm-hmm. to go fight. I think he started looking for a way out. And he knows that the only way out, he can't just pull out, right? Mm -hmm. What came up in that interview with Tucker Carlson is Putin said, like, look, Zelensky's the head of the country. If he wants to make a deal with me, a ceasefire, he can do it. But Boris Johnson stepped in when they had that that deal worked out and said, no, you you can't do this. Yeah. Right? Which, well, I thought Zelensky was the president. Mm -hmm. What does Boris Johnson have to do with anything? And that's a pretty good indication that uh, Zelensky is not allowed to do whatever he wants, right? Yeah. And if he does, he's probably going to end up taking an, a ride through Dallas in a fucking open air <laughs> convertible limousine. Which is kind of interesting because we got into, I think they believe in this interview, he asked him about the Nord Stream pipeline. Yes. He's like, who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? <laughs> this guy laughed. He's like, you did. You did. He's like, not you, but. Yeah. And that was done. If you read the Seymour Hirsch article, he lays it out that um, the logistics of how we pulled that off with yeah. British uh, British MI6 forces. Yeah. Which would be the only why Boris Johnson has a, uh, a you know, all of a sudden a vested interest in yeah. this. Yeah. There was only like a couple of agencies that had the capability of even pulling that, that off. The Nord Stream pipeline just drives me insane because when it happened, you go like, is this, this is like, I only have what I have. I can't prove to you anything, but isn't it kind of obvious? Like who would have done this? Everyone goes like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then six months later, I'm like, okay, now is it obvious? I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, that's, I don't really pay attention to that. Okay, so. It drives me crazy. So if you're Zelensky, what can you do to get out of this thing, to save your country? He's a patriot. Mm-hmm. How do you save Ukraine if you're Zelensky? The only thing, the only op- opportunity you have to end this war is to turn Americans against the war. So if that's what you're trying to do, 
What might you do? U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war, and they will have to fight because huh? it's uh, NATO that we're talking about. Dude, and they will be <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay, I like we are going right. Critics of America. All right, like we who saw that and wasn't like. You can fuck right <laughs> off with sending our son or daughter to fight in Ukraine. Fuck you. And what else does he do? Not build roads for today. Don't do it. Spend all your money to the weapon, to the... Keep in mind, this guy is a professional actor. Right. Drones to the society, to the pensions, and etc. And don't cry. Because you're leaders, and that's it. Could you think of a more offensive way to deliver that? Dude... Well right? done, man. I'm, I, I, I'm impressed. Am I on to something really or not? Impressed. So yes. Is, could you possibly like sweeten that up a little bit? Like, no, don't cry. You send your, you pay our pensions. You don't build roads, and you're it's like, he's in his mind thinking, I gotta get the fuck out of this gig. This sucks. Like, I'm gonna get killed if I just stop the war. Yeah. I need to turn the Americans against this war. All right, and then as the coup de gras. <laughs> Uh, there's our Nazi. <laughs> the standing ovation in Canadian Parliament for the Nazi who fought the Russians in, during World War II. Yeah. Like, legit Nazi. Like, SS fucking uh, Nazi. Also, remember, all-volunteer army. He wasn't do- not drafted. Hero. Yeah. Willingly joined oh, the yeah. Nazi party. This, uh... Yeah, this this guy for a Jewish head of state to be uh, applauding a Nazi yeah. like this. Come on. There's got to be not, something not there. Nazi you drink milk and are on time for work. <laughs> An actual like, <laughs> right. member of the Nazi party no, like, that rounded up Jews during World War murder them. Yes. <laughs> right? And then you got um in that interview with Tucker Carlson um Putin brings this up. Yeah. He's like, what are you guys talking about? What the fuck you guys doing over there? <laughs> yeah. Right? I think that there is, there's something to this. I think that Zelensky is doing everything he can to make this war as unpopular as possible because he doesn't want it. Why would he? Yeah. It's destroying Ukraine. And they're losing, and they're losing the war. By and he's in charge of the country while it's being lost yeah. to Russia. But the people in, that are actually in charge do want this war, which is why that Poroshenko guy was like, I am out. I don't you know, want anything to do with this. You win by fucking 75%, please. Like, you guys just pick the guy that picks, uh, plays piano with his penis on YouTube. Like, I'm, I'm getting on my yacht and going <laughs> to hang right. out somewhere else. Dude, I, I really like what you've done. Huh? That's good. That's this good. is just kind of an example of, like, I don't know. Maybe I notice it just because we're so in touch with it, but people are going to notice this stuff also. This it's like a a surfer can tell what the tide's doing, but everyone can see it. Once it's in, it's in and it's out, it's out. Right. Right, right. You might not notice the actual change, but this change is happening. The thing I like about it too, that it kind of connected some dots in my head because when he made that speech about do not build the roads, do not, you know, build the schools and all this thing, it's, I remember going like, Dude, I don't know if something's getting lost in translation, but like, dude, you surely he was saying it in English. You surely, <laughs> I was like, you surely have someone in charge of like messaging. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, what American is hearing that? Going like, no. I'm on board. 
Yeah. They left and right. They're like, dude, fuck off. Yes. Like, holy shit. We're Same in a recession. We have rampant inflation. I can barely make my fucking mortgage. My kid's school is falling apart. And we've already given this guy, you know, $150 billion at that point. So I'm like, I think we're up to $200 billion. And here he is kind of like lecturing you, us, that we need your money. And we're going to send your sons and daughters to die. Yeah. I was this war. like, dude, how tone deaf is this? Right. Deliberately. I might have fallen for it, dude. Man, I'm a little ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up on this shit. All right. So I was saying earlier that when we started Liberty Tree, like we wanted to be the cool kids. And I think that is finally starting to happen. Um, so do you remember when, like, do you remember when bullying, well, it's like any issue, actually. It's around 2016, and probably no coincidence, around the time that Trump came on the scene, it became really cool to be woke. Um, it became like a almost like an Olympic sport. It was trying to like yeah outwoke the other person, which is always fascinating about cultural Marxism. Is the way that you do that is by destroying someone who is also woke, quote unquote. Right, so but you're woke. <laughs> and to speaking of the uh, dystopic terrarium, us on the outside just like just watched it with like kind of our arms folded, like. Yeah, this is really interesting. Right? <laughs> People are destroying each other's lives. These cockroaches are really tearing each other apart. <laughs> um, do you remember when Mumford and Sons, they were like the biggest band oh, the, in the world the in 2016. Fire because he said online he was reading a book that was written by a conservative author or something like that. Yeah, a gay Asian conservative author named Andy No. They, they kicked him out of the band. Yeah. Yeah. For reading a goddamn book. As if that band wasn't fucking faggy enough. <laughs> Didn't you? Exactly. Okay. So they were Dude, so... If you, I had friends, hipsters. They were like, before they got big, yeah. this band's amazing. I'm like, Dude, this is shit music. Right. <laughs> this is fucking terrible. Right. Like, you have bad taste in music. I'm sorry. At the time, though, they were the biggest band in the world. And now they're nowhere. Yep. Right? That is not cool. That kind of music is not cool. Them kicking that guy out of the band is not cool. They have, like... They've fallen into this waste bin of wokeism that the world is rejecting. Mumford and Sons are like the people I know that actually text me that says I wasn't, I was not allowed at their house because I wasn't vaccinated. And then I run into them two years later, like, "Hey, what's up?" Mumford and Sons is doing that with a guy they kicked out, like, "Hey, Rob, yeah. <laughs> uh, you want a jam?" Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, "No, fuck off." <laughs> I bet you anything that guy has had. People call him up and say, hey, let's do something together. Nah, dude, I'm fucking, no. uh, I'm the CFO of my pillow. Right. <laughs> I'm book solid. All right, I'm going to play you two clips. You tell me which one's cooler. Hold on. No, I'm not going to start with that one. Bullying is horrific. Bullying is for horrific. For those people who have to live through it. And I would add another piece. I don't think it's very good for the people who witness it. So I think that bullying touches the lives not only of victims and bullies, but of all those in the school setting, the community setting, where they see this happen. Imagine if you were living in a place, and imagine if in your work environment, every day when you went to work, you were not sure whether it was you or your colleague who was going to be brutally teased. Who was 
She just, she okay. just described my day at work. Her <laughs> or this guy. We've eliminated bullies from schools, right? And it's worse now. School shootings have gone up. I disagree, but... Since we've removed bullies. And you know what that tells me? Bullies never did school shootings. It's been nerds the whole time, dude. <laughs> you know how I know nerds are doing school shootings? Who f***ing writes a manifesto, dude? Oh, I'm mad about it. Let me write it in my notebook. What a bitch, dude. Pick up a ball and throw it at a kid smaller than you. That's what you're supposed to do. If we had bullies in the schools, a nerd would start writing a manifesto, a bully would swat the pen out of his hand, and he'd be like, that's gay, and there'd be no school shooting. And plus, you can't shoot up a school if you've been stuffed in a locker. So, you, you can't tell that joke five years ago. Yeah. Right? And look at what happened with Shane Gillis now being on uh, Saturday Night Live. He's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live. Really? Yeah. Well, he Because he got kicked off of Saturday Night Live five years ago. Oh, really? Or maybe three. Oh, he was the guy that got kicked off? Yeah. Because he made some joke about Asians or something gay or something like that, right? Okay. Hold on. Give me a second to find I didn't this. No, he was the guy that kicked... He's hilarious, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I know. Dude, his shit is fucking outstanding. Um, oh, okay, I found it good. So this is what happened with Shane. This is awesome because TMZ basically released this uh, the stuff about Shane Gillis. Yeah. And all these like racial slurs and this like hot mic moments that the things that he said that were just really um, questionable ethics. Whatever fucking corporate stupid language that yeah. they use. And they, this can't kind of surfaced and then he got kicked off of Saturday night live for that. Yeah. Then three years later, his career has fucking exploded. He's become one of the best stand up comics. It's like the Tucker thing is like, He's I don't, I don't this, need you guys. It's yeah. like, I'm not going to slum it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're, he just ditched the mainstream media altogether. I don't need Saturday night live. I mean, Saturday night live is not funny. It's just a gatekeeper. Yeah. But it's a gatekeeper to some shitty property that you don't want to go to anyways. Right. It has never it hasn't been funny in 30 years. Yeah. I'm going to say. Right? But it's a thing. It's a gate that you're supposed to go through. Well, now he's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live. Uh, I think next week. I'd looked for it. I thought it was last night, but apparently not. Um this comes out on Twitter, TMZ. Clips have research comedian Shane Gillis racial and ethnic ethnic slurs resurface before hosting Saturday Night Live. Are they trying to drag it back up? By you. <laughs> by you <laughs> caused them to resurface by making this fucking post on Twitter. Some reports say. It's fucking funny, too. Let's see. This isn't it. But the uh, I listened to it. I was like, oh, my God. that's He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he is. Guy is, is fantastic. Um, so. Dude, you, you've. Uh, this is a nice little Sunday. Good. Yeah. I, dude, I was in a good mood coming yeah. over. This yeah, is going to be good. I got to watch the uh, the Super Bowls, and uh, I'm going to be going into it with a good mood. You actually, dude, turtle, you brought me around because I was, you're like, I think things are getting better. I was like, I don't know. I'm not but, done. Okay. The way you laid it out, dude, like, okay. I'm pretty impressed. Thank you. Yes. During the Super Bowl, you're probably going to see a Bud Light commercial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just guessing, mm -hmm. right? Because Bud Light is trying really hard to revive their yes. brand, but 
I believe Bud Light was ruined forever. I think you're right for two reasons. Well, for one reason with two sub reasons <laughs> is that <clears throat> they decided to go woke and target the gay trans community. I think they were targeting women. Was it women? Well, they okay, were well, using okay, yeah, gay yeah, trans that, community to target women. Okay, that's drinkers. kind of my point, though. Because you don't target the trans community. How many community. women do you know that drink Bud Light? No, it's, yeah. How many gay trans people do you know that drink Bud Light? Like, I, they don't drink that anyway. Right. It's, it's like a redneck. They, and the reason why, they're like, oh, that's, it's just like some redneck drink. And right. you alienated your stereotypical customer base. Yeah. Now you're kind of fucked. You're in this weird purgatory. Because like, mm-hmm. well, now you don't have them and you don't have these people either. You never did. Yeah. That's. I remember having a conversation one time uh, with a friend of mine who, uh, it turns out he's, he's gay, but he wasn't at the time, right? We didn't know he was at the time. And in hindsight, <laughs> I'm say, thinking I'm this not, conversation not probably sure. didn't go over. I'm not quite sure how that works. <laughs> well, I remember at the time having this conversation with him before, I guess I knew he, before he was out. And we were talking about like, how it's it's cool to be black, mm-hmm. um, and it always you know our whole lives it was always cool to be black. Like when the which is so like anti racist, like you can't even begin to like define that. Yeah, our hometown did not have a lot of black folks no. living there. Um, so when some when a black kid came to town, and it was you know it's a redneck town. Yeah, right. Of course, we lynched him and bur- <laughs> burned a cross in, in front of his house. Um, no, just kidding. We, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not sure. I didn't know where you were going there. <laughs> no, every time there was a black kid at school in Ferndale, they were like instantly the coolest kid in the school. Yeah. They didn't even have to work at it. Yeah. They were just deemed the coolest, you know? And I was having this conversation with my friend and he was like, yeah, I think that gay is going to be the new, um, like black. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it was kind of starting to seem that way. Like gay things were being more and more well accepted and, and that was true. But he told me that and I was like, mm, I don't think so. Uh, it's, that sounds pretty gay to me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like there's, I can't even, I can't even go there. It's just so like to, to most straight guys. And I hope this doesn't come across uh, as bigoted. It's not, but to most straight guys, the thought of sucking another man's dick is probably the most like repulsive thing that you could possibly think of, right? That is never going to be cool. I our pre-show meeting when I thought about, hey, dude, we need to have like strong endings on these episodes. <laughs> Man, you sure you sure were listening, you had your listening pants on that time? There is no way to make that cool. I'm sorry. And what Bud Light did was they ruined their brand in a way that's not ever going to be salvageable. You're always going to say, even though it wasn't about gay, it was about trans stuff, which sure, there's some sort of difference between gay and trans, but to most like people that drink Bud Light, not really. Yeah. There's not really that big of a difference. And they don't want to be associated with that because it's the most repulsive thing that they can think of. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that they hate those people. They just, they can't put themselves in that person's shoes. Right. Right. And so anytime someone offers them a Bud Light, it's going to be an insult. (laughs) (laughs) And I just don't think there's any coming back from that. You know? Yeah. Instead of ending there, (laughs) I'm going to try to take the the piss out of... (laughs) 
since it's a Super Bowl later today, I was in the grocery store and um, I saw you know everyone around town. Did you have you left your house today? I did. I went to the store. Were there a bunch of 49er jerseys? Uh, no, I saw one Raiders jersey, but <laughs> right. <laughs> we talked about that. Well, at church today, full of 49er jerseys. Everywhere you go, and I went to Lucky's, 49er jerseys everywhere, and I saw this lady wearing a Colin Kaepernick jersey. Mm. And I was like... Is he playing today? (laughs) Not today or ever again. (laughs) And the Colin Kaepernick thing is a perfect example of this, this title shift that I'm talking about. You can't pick a lamer jersey than Colin Kaepernick jersey. You will not get, I mean, for a 49ers fan to wear a Kaepernick jersey. Wait, 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 wait. I missed the description. Um, A well-to-do suburbanite white woman. No. Damn it. No. Sorry. Um, A white woman. Mm -hmm. uh, Lower to middle Mm. class. Pajama bottoms. Buying scratchers, just an older lady that yeah. you know. She she honestly didn't. Um, it, she was out of touch. That's how you know this was not. A, oh okay. Uh, uh, and it was Lucky's. Like okay. we don't have well-to-do okay. yeah. <laughs> suburban women shopping <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> if you see a hot chick shopping at Lucky's, there's also like four guys like walking behind her with their shopping carts. Like holy <laughs> shit! Just like straight vulture mode, <laughs> dude. I saw like not to derail you, but um, I went to. I stopped by a grocery store. I was like, I'm on my way to work. It was the morning, right? So it's like 7.30 in the morning. I think I was grabbing some coffee and uh, some something to eat for lunch. And in front of me in line was this, like, very, very, very attractive older woman. Mm. She had to be, like, late 50s, maybe, mm-hmm. and, like, fully done up. Yeah. Highlighted hair. Obviously had work done to her face, her breasts, like, rocking body. Buying 10 Monster Energy drinks. Hmm. And I was like looking at, I looked at, because the first thing I saw, I was like, what was on the conveyor belt? I'm like, holy shit. And I was like looking up to expect to see like a painter or a drywaller. Right. <laughs> I'm like looking at this woman and she's had like, like full bling, like yeah. diamonds, like chains, like, uh, yeah. not like run DMC bling, but like a, a really, really wealthy older woman. Yeah. And I was just like staring at her. I was just like, man, I just... I so want to like start a conversation with her. I was like, so what's, yeah. what's up with the monster <laughs> energy drinks here? You know yeah. I mean? Oh, you should have. So she gets it. And I, I always, uh, I don't know. I love people watching. I'm trying to kind of figure out what people are, you know, who they are. I go outside, I get in my truck and I look over and she was just pulling out of the parking lot and <laughs> Linda's drywall. <laughs> <laughs> full fucking Chevy Silverado jacked up yeah like, like 12 inch lift like 38 inch tires like with custom rims like a full like bro dozer wow and just like peels out of the parking lot <laughs> just like, <laughs> like I wanted to follow her I was yeah. like I gotta figure this out no, she was clearly in the trades <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so I immediately called my wife. Like I just I gotta share this with someone. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm looking at this Kaepernick jersey and I'm thinking this is this is the exact same thing that as the Bud Light. Like he was so celebrated. Yeah. 
for what he did. He started kneeling and then fucking Megan Rapino started kneeling and everyone's kneeling and it's this thing. And he was like the man, right? Yeah. Well, it turned him into like this, like the worst name. You could have a fucking Ray Rice jersey, Baltimore Ravens, the guy that <laughs> yes. punched his chick in the, in the elevator. elevator. Yeah. Yeah. And get less, which, which no one cared about until the video came out. And then all of a sudden it was a huge deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was fucking Who's the horrible. other guy? Who's the other guy? There's someone worse than Ray Rice. This is the guy that actually uh, killed some people. Oh, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Uh, Isn't he Baltimore Ravens? Yeah. Too? Yeah. Um, Jesus, fucking, Ravens, you guys. I know. <laughs> Tighten up the hiring practices here. Ray, uh, I almost said Ray Epps. Um, <laughs> there's too many Rays in our... Yeah. Uh, okay, anyway, go ahead. Anyways, you put... So, anyway, you just... you. He ruined... There is no worse jersey than his. I'm sorry. It's just... If you want to get like ridiculed, even if you're a 49er fan and you wear a Kaepernick jersey to the Super Bowl party today, yeah, you are going to be ridiculed and made fun of, and it's just going to be the most uncool thing ever. So this goal that we started out with with Liberty Tree to make our way of thinking cool and how much we effect we had on that, I don't know, probably very very little, but I would like to think that we contributed at least. Yeah, it seems to me as the surfer out there in the waves that is actually kind of telling what's going on with the tide and with the waves, it seems to me like it's happening. Like the, the shit that we observe and make fun of and know is right and know is wrong is starting to shift. Thanks to in large part, guys like Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan and this like kind of alternative media. And it is starting to become the, like the new kind of, the, the new norm and this, this mm-hmm. new, like cool, um, space. And so, uh, go to libertytreelifestyle.com <laughs> and get yourself one of our fucking shirts. 